Hi, and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons podcast here on the Five Star Network. We are, as always, a podcast all about Dragon Gate and DDT, and I am your host, Sonder Bjorn. And with me today, I have Dylan for this bonus Dragon Gate guide we're doing before Kobe World. How are you, Dylan? I'm excited. You know, Kobe World's right around the corner, the biggest show of the year. DG, the company that we all love so much. Uh, I mean, hopefully you love it. And maybe, maybe if you don't even, maybe you're new listening to this. Uh, that's what this show's for, right? To get new fans yeah. interested in DG. Uh, maybe, maybe not trying to sell them, but more so give information that may make your experience that much more fruitful when you watch it. Because Dragon Gate is a promotion that the more you know, the more you gain, so to speak, from uh, watching their shows. Yeah. So this, of course, will be a beginner's beginner's guide, kind of for Dragon Gate. We'll section it section it into different parts, uh, and me and Yannick will will be doing it the same for DDT later this month. So you will have two guides for the main promotions we cover here on Dramatic Dream Dragons, and um, with Kobe World on the horizon, which is their biggest show, it just feels right to do it. So let's get started with some brief backstory on why, how, what Drankate is. So back, back in 1999, Ultimate Dragon came back to Japan from Mexico, and he wanted to bring the faster lucha style of Mexico into Japan. So he created Torimon Japan. He had already created Torimon in Mexico, and this was the Japan offshoot of, of that. And it became sort of like a mix between a Lucha and a Puro promotion. And it, that ran until 2004, when Ultimate Dragon left Japan to sign with WWE. And that led them to be remake Torimon Japan into Dragon Gate. And then it was Dragon Gate, and it was led by Shima, who was, there, who was Torimon Japan's ace, what before uh, when Ultimo left, uh, or like he was their biggest star, so he kind of led Dragon Gate into becoming Dragon Gate, which brought on the titles and all that. Uh, and since up until 2018, Dragon Gate was under the Shima, Shima reign, kind of. It, it, that is how I would explain it. That's the Shima years <laughs> of him the being the booker. The thing is, so the start of the promotion, I mean, there's so, so much we can get into yeah. with all of this whole era. Uh, you, you have to understand, too, things got really weird uh, at this time because it wasn't just like, uh, like, there's a lot of stories within stories when it comes to Toriumon into Dragon Gate because there was a bunch of different stuff going on at the time. They had, like, um, you know, you mentioned Toriumon Japan. They had uh, Toriumon 2000's project, T2P. A lot of yeah. people would know it. Toriumon X, which was like a really, uh, you know, a failed <laughs> offshoot pretty much uh, going in. But there was all these. If you go back into the history of Japanese pro wrestling, uh, there's so, so many offshoots of this Toriumon system that happened. Yeah. Um, if anybody listens to my other show, Eastern Lariat, the co-host on there, my, my co-host friend Striga, his favorite promotion of all time is called El Dorado, which was another, like, <laughs> like one of, again, there were many, many spinoffs on there. But basically, like you said, 
basically, all of these guys followed Ultimo Dragon's influence when it came to his style of wrestling. And yeah. obviously, a lot of that influence also was from Michinoku Pro, uh, <laughs> which was basically DG before DG in the 90s. Colorful mass characters, heavy, heavy inf- inspiration from Lucha Libre in Mexico, which is obviously where Ultimo trained. And a lot of these guys also trained as well. Uh, if you go back to even some of these guys actually uh, were able, Ultimo got some of these guys onto WCW at the very end. Uh, somebody like, you could look up and see Magnum Tokyo, who was like a huge player around that time. Shima was on WCW Nitro uh, at the time, or maybe it was Saturday Night, but he was definitely on there. Uh, you know, you could see stuff like that uh, going in there. So I won't get super, super into it, but there's a ton of, of information you can find yeah. out there that's not... You know, the the company itself always references its, its history in so many ways, but this stuff was really kind of like setting a table for where we would get to in the future. Yeah. And, of course, that would last until 2018 when Shima left and took a bunch of talent with him to OWE, basically all of Stronghearts. And that, in turn, would lead to Gleet. That is a whole other story. But 20, 2018, Shima left. The Shima split happened. And the year after, Ultimate Dragon was back in the company uh, after being gone for 15 years in uh, 2019. And I don't know if those two things are related. I think they are, but it, it's we don't need to get into that. But either way, Ultimate Dragon came back. And since he came back, we have also seen a lot of switch in Dragon Gate. And... It, first of all, it got re, re, not re uh, renamed, kind of, but it got a different kind of style of look. They made uh, the logo now, or and the name say Dragon Gate in one word, pro wrestling, not Dragon Gate. Is uh, in two words. That is important. That is why I always write Dragon Gate in one word because I I talk about. Dragon Gate in one, that way, and I know a lot of people still uh, have like the space in, t- in between them, and that's not a big deal. But I'm just I just needed to mention that if you want to spell it correctly, it is Dragon Gate one word nowadays. <laughs> nope, yeah, I mean you're completely right. They tried to change their image, and yeah. we may talk about it a little bit, but the whole company kind of changed its image, not just in that, like the yeah. one word way, but we got uh, new titles, new logos, everything. And and the style of the promotion changed. Yeah. Like the wrestling style is a lot different now than it was ten years ago. Uh you know, if if you look at the DG roster now, there's people on there, and like I said, we'll get to it more specifically later. There's people on here that would have never have been around ten years ago. Uh with all of that. And obviously yeah. Shima leaving was was heavily influential. You can see that even in uh, Gleet right now. Uh, he has a lot of influence there. Yeah. Uh, again, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Going back to that era I was talking about earlier, Shima and Magnum Tokyo were like really heated rivals at times. There was people that left. You know, Shuji Kondo came and went. Uh, Taru <laughs> like left. Yeah. There was a, a lot going on uh, there. And, like A lot of people came and went. and They always try... <laughs> even if you're a New Japan fan, you may have heard this concept before as well. Um, like Nagata, Kojima, Nakanishi, Tenzan, the third generation. Yeah. They also had that in Dragon Gate. It's not that super referenced these days, but you'll see people like Dragon Kid, Shima, 
that those guys would be like first generation guys, and then yeah. you had the second generation, which was like you know, Yamato BB Hole. No, that that, oh, that would okay. be third. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it would be people that came in after, which would be like Susumu, Horiguchi, yeah. Kanda, like the, those guys. And then later yeah. on, you get to your Shingos. Yeah. Uh, even even before that, there's others. I mean, because Yoshino and Doi were probably more the generation after that. So there's multiple generations, more or less, with yeah. Dragon Gate, where training classes came in. A lot of them are lumped together. You'll see that a lot, and they play off of each other. Um, but yeah, and when Shima left, a lot changed, like from uh, up yeah. and down, pretty much from where you were at. And uh, um, also in twenty, I think it was twenty eighteen, or maybe the year before in twenty seventeen. But they brought in a streaming service where they streamed all their shows from going forward, and that was Dragon Gate Live, the Dragon Gate Network. It is a subscription service that renews every every month on the first. Uh, it costs it costs eleven dollars per month, I think, and or and uh, one thousand six hundred and fifty yen. So, uh, kind of like it it, it changes fluctuates. Depends. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it fluctuates. Yeah. Uh, but there you can watch Dragon Gate's live shows and a bunch of like archived shows and matches, including Tournament Japan shows and matches, which I really like about the service because. Tournament Japan shows are really hard to get by, and they they have them on the Dragon Gate Network, and it's it helps a lot to find them. Then uh, the problem with the service, like it's it's a problem, it's a problem only for the if you want to watch the current shows, is that they get when they get streamed live, they get take they they get taken down a couple of weeks after they air, and then get re uploaded in a shorter format later on. In the year, in the for the infin as part of the Infinity series, which is like their little series comp uh, where they have shows from all of the years that have streamed. Yeah, they used to have a show on Japanese TV called Infinity. Uh, I mean, they don't do that anymore. They haven't done it pretty much since this network started, <laughs> more yeah. or less. Um, the thing with the network is, I, I will warn you: like what he said is totally true. Uh, if you are a new fan, that's something you have to come in with your, you know, make sure to keep that in mind, is that they delete shows, uh, but, because that's a TV rights deal as well. Yeah. Like, they'll put them up, they'll put them up eventually after it airs on TV, but yeah. sometimes it takes a little while, and, and the promotion is a little bit more expensive than the other streaming services as well. Yeah. And that is because it's run by Gaora. Dragon yeah. Gate themselves doesn't have that much control over the Dragon Gate network. It is run by their TV company. Um, yeah, and again, that's a very common thing in Japanese pro wrestling. It's yeah. not like this is the only one. I mean, yeah, I mean, New Japan. TV Ashai runs New Japan World, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's not like this is some crazy thing that only DG has. It's just, theirs is run <laughs> like a little bit worse than, than yeah, some of the yeah, other ones. Yeah. Is all. But, uh, still though, uh, they are... Very friendly to new viewers when they to sign up for the the, uh, the service. It's not like you need to have like a translator to translate every word on the website. They have an English yeah. translate uh, translated version of the website, and um, every open every first match of each live show, live stream show on the Dragon Gate Network, are also streamed on the Dragon Gate Network's YouTube channel, where they stay forever free and the VOD stay free forever. So you can watch the opener from like almost any 
live Dragon Gate show whenever you want, by, just by finding the Dragon Gate Network's YouTube channel, which you find by just searching Dragon Gate Network. <laughs> um, then there are YouTube digests on the Dragon Gate Japan YouTube channel, another <laughs> different YouTube channel, which I will explain more about this when we talk about the shows and touring part of it. this, but they are digests uh, where they put one or two matches uh, from really small shows up in full. Uh, that That's like weekly. Again, this is really common in Japanese wrestling. There's actually, like, even places like Zero One have a very similar setup. You'll see a lot of companies that will have YouTube pages where they put these digest type of videos up yeah. as well. Uh, just to kind of... They don't show full matches, but they'll try and get you hyped to see the full matches in a lot of ways. But and also keep you up. If even if you don't watch the shows in full, you can watch the digest and you'll more or less know what's going on there. Again, a very common tactic in Japanese pro wrestling. Yeah, and well, I'll talk more about the digest later because there it relates to the tournaments and the shows, the touring and stuff like that. But uh, then finally, before we move over to the other th other stuff, I. These are some important uh, content creators to follow. Uh, of of course, you you can follow us. <laughs> we, we talk about <laughs> the we talk about the show. <laughs> yes. I as the, I am the ultimate worker. I need to promote my shit first. <laughs> no, but you need you can follow the uh, Dragon Gate's English Twitter account. Uh, Drang at uh, Dragon Gate uh, E N English, and you can also follow. Uh, Dragon Gate, uh, Dragon Gate's English commentator and translator of all the promos uh, at DG underscore J. J is fantastic. He does such good job as a commentator and as a translator of the promos because he speaks Japanese and he speaks English fluently. So he like immediately has uh, the translated version of a promo ready uh, on either on his Twitter account or on commentary. Let me just say one thing about him. Uh, he's a guy, he's a kind of inspirational story, too. Yeah. Because I know him as a commentator, obviously, but I mainly know him from running his old website, uh, iHeartDG, which is the site yeah. he used to run, which was, like, by far the source. Uh, if you're a DDT fan, you'll see, you'll know Dramatic DDT. Yeah. Uh, he was like that, but even more inside, <laughs> pretty much, because he always... I don't think... I don't think there's a single person who knows as much about a singular wrestling company in any country or promotion or even fans that yeah. he knows about Dragon Gate. And he's always been that way since literally 20 years ago. He knew stuff going on in Toriumon. If, you know, he, I saw him, if you dug up old stuff on message boards and stuff from 2004, 2005, before I even had the internet, like, he was there talking about it. He is a genius when it comes to Dragon Gate. You could not pick a better person. And and he went he went from running that website to actually working for the company, which is an amazing story in and of itself. It is a great story and I I I'm really thankful for that because he he is very much a so insightful guy to just talk uh, to listen to talk and to talk to just in general, because I've talked with him a couple of times, and he just, he knows so much that he, if you have any question about Dragon Gate, he can definitely, like, inform you on that. And uh, then there's two other things, uh, two other, 
like content creators that you should follow. The first first off is the Voices of uh, Wrestling, the Voices of Wrestling show, Open the Voice Gate, which is a podcast that I've been covering Dragon Gate for way longer than we have. It's run by uh, Mike Spears and Case Low, and they of course are on the Voices of Wrestling website and uh, YouTube channel and Spotify and all that. So they they are a podcast I definitely recommend listening to. They ha- also have done interviews with uh, Jay that really help, with, where you can really hear Jay's insight from just working in Dragon Gate and stuff like that. Then there's a uh, bit of a new uh, content creator for Dragon Gate uh, content, and that is Gut Dosers YouTube channel. Uh, he is he is a guy that does short form explanations about Dragon Gate in video format, and he also ha- has like cool series about different stuff. Uh, like he has a he has a series about Masquerade, and he has a uh, series explaining the backstory behind all of the Ultimate Dragons, like J Crown titles <laughs> in that infamous picture. He is a great like guide, uh, friendly guide YouTube channel to follow. So if you still have questions after listening to this podcast, you can go to his YouTube channel and find even better explanations. (laughs) Shout out to Gut Dozer. Um, Open Voice Gate, obviously, like, up there. They've got sources within the company. They know what they're talking about. Um, I've never really talked to Spears that much, but I know he's been covering things for a long time, and I I know Case pretty well. He's been on my show before, actually. (laughs) Um, On my other show. And... Those guys, they're not just knowledgeable, they're very passionate about Dragon yeah. Gate. And that kind of fuels their knowledge in a lot of ways, because you can be knowledgeable, and it can be in order to, like a business mind, a computer mind, but their heart is really in Dragon Gate as well. Uh, they're yeah. very passionate, they love Dragon Gate more than any other promotion, uh, you know, like by far, and then those guys are, are aware of other promotions and stuff, obviously, but they really are waving that DG flag. So you, you got to check them out. If you have any interest in DG, uh, talk to those guys or listen to those guys, because they are going to set you on the right path. Like 99.9% of the time. Yeah. But yeah, that has been, you now know how to watch and how to keep up with Rangit. So let's explain the titles. Uh, starting with the world, cha- world title, the Open the Dreamgate Championship, uh, currently held by Madoka Kikura. Uh, the champ- uh, this title is very unique because the champion's name is etched on a metal plate that is locked behind a gate, and every challenger earns a key uh, that they can use to open that dream gate if they win the title. Uh, and at the and replace the champion's name with their name, but only if they win the title, of course. But if they lose, they have to give their key over to the champion, and the key gets added to a veil on the title. And it's a really cool and unique look for a world title, and I, it's one of the things I really adore about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is another thing that you'll notice about the titles in Dragon Gate. There's usually not a ton of explanation for them, but they have very unique names uh, for them. And and all of them all revolving around the gate, uh, pretty much. Like, whatever it is, Open the X Gate will be their title name. Uh, Somewhat similar, you know, if you are a Joshi fan in Stardom, they have uh, different names, blah, 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 of Stardom uh, title. 
you know, they'll have unique names for it. So Dragon Gate keeps their identity in check through the titles uh, as well. Uh, yeah. I think that that's a cool thing of the promotion. Like you said, the key, that's a very unique thing. And it, they've done that too when they did spin off. This is something we kind of skipped over. <laughs> but uh, they did a thing called Dragon Gate USA in the late 2000s. Uh, which was a U.S. spinoff, obviously, of, of Dragon Gate. And that's really where I actually first knew them as a fan, was from their U.S. spinoff. Yeah. Um, and they continued it there as well. So you really get to see a lot of the heart of the company. Again, I don't know if this goes here if I'm skipping ahead or something, but the thing about DG when it comes to them as a company, out of all of them, they are like, I don't want to say a mom-and-pop operation, but it really is ran as, like, everybody does different stuff in the company. Like, people, the stuff we were talking about, like, uploading the shows, it's very likely a member of the roster is doing that. Yeah. So if, if they ever have graphics for their t-shirts, the faction logos, things like that, a member of the roster is doing that. Every level of the company, the wrestlers are pitching in to make this a success the, in its own way. The merch stands are run by the wrestlers not like staff the, yeah exa exactly the ring is set up by the wrestlers it's it's such a the wrestlers run the promotion <laughs> that's definitely uh, the feeling you can get by watching their shows and uh, yeah like the the uh the dream gate was actually of all the titles that was actually their first title uh, like yeah. for the, the first show of dragon gate after the Toriumon split the Dreamgate was there. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, it's the top it's, title, obviously. It's like it's the world title of, of the promotion. It is the title that it, if you have been recommended like a big, uh, a big Dragon Gate singles match, it will probably involve the Dreamgate title because it's the world title. It it it, it says it says itself. It, this is the most coveted price of the company, and it everyone vies to get it. Then Do you know the, who who the first Dreamgate champion was? It was not. Sh was it? No, it was not Shima. Was it? It was Shima. Okay. Uh, yeah. He he he. And the thing is, he didn't win the title. He was the, the last champion of Toriyaman. Yeah. So he automatically got the title. Uh, yeah. Like on the first show, they basically gave it uh, there. Yeah. So yes, Shima was Shima. You you've heard his name already a bunch of times. He was very instrumental. In this promotion, but yeah, one thing not, worth yeah, it would not be his last reign with the title to say it for sure. No, it definitely would not be <laughs> the last reign. But also, when they like a lot of times, you'll see if a guy after he beats the challenger, they'll put the key on the title. Yeah, uh, like to have it like it, so. If a guy has, you know, I remember in the past there's been guys that have a lot of title defenses, and you'll see the keys hanging off the title, yeah. and it kind of adds that extra layer to it. It adds a prestige to the title that very few titles have, where, where at the end of a long reign, you see the challenger pick up the title, and it's just full of all of these keys that the champion had. And it's really cool. It's a really cool thing, and I've been, ever since the new design came out, I've been clamoring to have like a guy that have, have, has like 10 keys on it. But they yeah. haven't had that yet since the title got redesigned. I think the the guy that had the most keys recently was Yukio Shoka. 
Yeah, that was just at the start of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How many defenses did he have? Six, I think? I think at the end of the reign, he had six, yeah. Yeah, because he had Minora, Eita, Yamato, Benkei, Mochizuki. So that would be five. Was there one yeah. that I'm missing? I think I think that's it, though. Yeah. But the, the thing is, you only get it when you have a successful defense. So a yeah. countout or a DQ doesn't count. You don't get to add the key to your belt then. And uh, it, uh, also, Kikura, the current champion, has not defended it yet. So... Uh, if you, after this show, are watching Kobe World for the first time and you are confused why he doesn't have any keys and you hear us talking about all the keys, that's because he hasn't had a successful defense of the title yet. But uh, if if he wins versus Yuki Oshoka Kobe World, he will add Yuki Oshoka's key onto his title. And then we have the, the default uh, mid-card title, but it's also... A junior heavyweight title that opened the Brave Gate Championship. The current champ is Jason Lee. Um, this is, of course, a junior heavyweight title, which means you have to be under or exactly 83 kilograms, or I think it's like 147 pounds or something like that. Well, 187. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes they go away from that rule. And if the challenger makes sense, but most of the time they stay under that weight limit. Wrestling would never lie to us. I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 re- I refute these accusations. True, but yeah, this is of course a. It says itself. It is the high speed, like it is the 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 title that is fought really quickly, and everyone, all of the match, the matches rarely go twenty minutes plus. Is what I mean. It it is a very fast paced title and. Don't be shocked when a title a title match goes like barely ten minutes for this title because it is the high speed, uh, high paced junior heavyweight title. Yeah, I, I think you explained it pretty well. Uh, this title came a little bit later to the Dreamgate. They, they redesigned it though, didn't they? Uh, uh, yeah. Was this one of the ones they they redesigned a few years ago? Yeah, every title got redesigned. Though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They they redesigned all of them. Um, yeah, I I always associate this one with what you said, uh, the more or less the IC title, but also the high speed title as well. Yeah, uh, like the, it's like a cross between the Intercontinental and the Cruiserweight title almost. Um, there's a fun story. Of the original title though, uh, how they set this up was they had like they broke the title into eight pieces. And gave each competitor a piece of the title. Yeah. And then when it, they won the tournament, they ended up uh, like they put the title together. Like all, all eight pieces of the title that they broke up, it was like a puzzle. They put it together to form the title, uh, which they, they obviously don't do that with this new one, I guess, because they, you know, it doesn't look like it's broken up but, anymore. Yeah. But there's also a thing about this where that whole broken up part of it led to them saying that. Every champion can create the title as his own, and in in his own image. And they some they rarely go back to it, but they did it earlier this year when Minorita held it, where they created a title in his image, where it's a like mini version of the title because he's a mini version of Kota Minora. And they have done that before with this title, and it's like kind of a thing they can do with the title if they find a creative way to do it. 
Yeah, and again, that's a very common staple of mid, like secondary titles uh, as well. You know, you see it even back to the IC title in New Japan. Um, DDT, you've seen it with different strap colors or things like that. Uh, you know, you, they play around with that a little bit as well, but mostly it's just a mid card title that has high speed matches. Like for the smaller p- portions of the roster, this gives you something to go yeah. for, pretty much. This, this title has basically been Dragon Kid's career. <laughs> to to explain it better that way. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, it is the Junior Heavyweight title, but then we move over to the Open the Twin Gate title. The current holders are Susumu Wachisuke and Yasushi Kanda in their first reign with the title. Uh, the first reign of Yasushi Kanda and the like seventh reign of Susumu Wachisuke. But it is the tag titles. That's the simple rule about it. Uh, the, ta- the tag titles and the, tri- and the trios titles both are defended under Lucha rules, which means you, can- you don't need to, en- en- to make tags in the match. You can enter the match at any time. Yeah, as I said, DG in general is heavily influenced by Lucha Libre. Uh, yeah. you, you know that you have to understand that right away. Um, yeah, but the tag titles—they are the tag titles. So you know, the, the Twin Gates are the tag titles, pretty much. Um, they were another one that came around a little bit later. I think they came around even later than the Brave Gate, to be honest. Because at first they had like this is another thing at the time as well. You'll see this even like with Wrestle One when they had titles. They had these indie titles, uh, like that yeah. were, uh, you know, and they had their own tag titles. Like they weren't using them, but then they were just like, okay, we're gonna get our own tag titles, and that was around '06, maybe. Um, this one, to me, I don't know how you would rank the titles, uh, pretty much. Uh, I think that the Twin Gates historically have been right, you know, they're, like they're the secondary titles. Like, yeah, more, I also, even more. I, I count yeah. that also. I, I just yeah. wrote this Brave Gate before it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, we it was good because it was a singles title, but I think in importance, the Twin Gates would beat the Brave yeah. Gate to, to, to most people overall. You could get, we've seen them main event and have very like amazing tag teams. Uh, you know, yeah. over over the years, if, going back to yeah, like the 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 first champions of the Twin Gate were Doyoshi, who uh, Naruki Doyoshi, Masaru Yoshi. Which, of course, later on became known as Speed Muscle over in the States. And that is one of the best tag teams of all time. <laughs> yeah, like, they're a legendary team. Yeah. Uh, and even Doi's second team with Yamato became a legendary team in their own yes. right. Uh, so, as well. the thing about this t- these titles are that it's not like in New Japan where uh, the heavy tag titles are, n- like, they're rarely held by the ace. In this company... The ace can hold the twin gate while he's not the uh, dream gate champion. Like Yamato has held has held it multiple times while he was ace, and it's a title that like gets treated like the secondary, as you said, the secondary title. It it's a title that can main event a lot of the time. It is probably the most like again, as I said with the singles titles, uh, where if you look. At, for a good singles uh, match in Dragon Gate history, you will find a Open the Dream Gate title match. If you're looking for a good tag team match in Dragon Gate history, it will always be with the tw- for the Twin Gate. And it's just a... It is one of the best titles in the company, and it has one of the best legacies in the company also. Yeah, like they... This is a promotion that tag team wrestling is valued. Uh, so, yeah. you know, don't, don't think 
negative. Because uh, a lot of the bigger companies, like, again, a, a New Japan is kind of my go-to for big companies, but there are others. I mean, in All Japan and NOAA, the tag titles are treated with respect somewhat. As much as any title in NOAA can be treated with respect, I think the tags are yeah. among the best. Uh, but in New Japan, the tag division is like, it's more like American-style WWE, where the tag teams don't mean as much. But yeah. in DG, the tag wrestling is not a downgrade significantly. It's more just a different style, but you could easily be a main eventer as a tag wrestler. Yeah. And uh, then we move over to the final titles that are active currently. The Open the Triangle Gate title, which is the trio title, the natural, uh, currently held by the Natural Vibes trio of Big Boss Shimizu, Casey, and Jackie Funky Kame. Uh, this title... Like much like the Twin Gate, it is a the mo- it is fought under Lucha rules, but on un- this is the title that follows units. It fo- it follows the unit storylines. If two units are feuding, they will be feuding over the title. They it is a title that can change. Like it's not a title that is very known for having like big all time great reigns. It is more a title just that follows whatever they want to do with the uh, current unit alignments and stuff like that. And it's also a title that can bring uh, like younger people up uh, up in elevation like it ha- like it did last year with Mochizuki Jr. and then Ishin. And again, it is a title that is very unit-based because it's the trio's title. Interestingly enough, uh, this title actually came before the Twin Gates and the Brave Gates. Uh, they introduced this pretty much right after the Dream Gate, which was, again, on its first very first show, so it was there from literally day one. The Triangle Gates came a little bit after. Again, in Lucha Libre, trios wrestling is very, very important. It's, like, as big as singles matches, except for, like, big mask matches. Uh, trios is kind of like the normal match type, like kind of like in America, singles matches are. In Mexico, trios matches often are kind of default, and that makes singles matches more special, is kind of their thinking. And Dragon Gate adopted that strategy early on. And the Triangle Gate, uh, I remember at the start, like again, they did redo the titles, but basically their idea was like uh, there would be a power guy. Uh, technical guy and an all-round type of guy. Uh, I forget what they put on it, but they put something on the title to like represent that. Uh, and they changed the title name, but the 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 idea is still mainly intact. Like they wanted to have that idea for the Triangle Gate titles that you would have a power guy, a speedy guy, and then a guy that could be anything. You know, like they they want to mix the styles. They don't want have all three speed guys. <laughs> kind of, they want to have different styles represented. Yeah. Uh, and that still kind of carries on today, uh, you know. So, like, I, I mean, obviously with this team, it perfectly yeah. represents that. Though, yeah, what they, they have, have now. They have the big guy and big boss Shimizu. They have the all-arounder in Casey, and they have the younger high-speed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, so. yeah. See, so they that they specifically wanted to put that in, and, and you could see that it tra- translates to the ring and how they book the titles. Even with their challengers coming up, you could see they try to do different things. But these titles are important. There's been times where, uh, in the past, maybe again around ten years ago, maybe six, seven, eight years ago, uh, before the Shima split, where the ti- these titles would get more time than any other matches. A lot of times it would be three-way yeah. trio I mean, matches. There are some legendary matches for this title. I I wasn't saying that, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I I wasn't saying you were. I, I just wanted to mention that that 
there was like three way titles. I bet sometimes they would get too much time as as a fan sometimes where yeah. they they couldn't quite live up to the epic nature of those obviously they, legendary matches. They like to do uh, to defend this this and the tag titles are very often can be very oftenly defended in like trios in in three ways and stuff yeah. like that. And it's very much served as it get get all the people into this one match and yeah, this one wild. especially is is this great one for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I love it. It is a like the Triangle Gate is a title that is like brings so many fun matches to the cards because they just sent six people out there to just go wild for ten to fifteen minutes or almost twenty sometimes. Rarely in between the 20-30 mark, <laughs> but uh, this is also the title that has changed hands the most times uh, of all the titles. This, the current champions are the 86, 86th champions, and only the Twin Gates ha have changed uh, at, like close to that, and that's 63. So this is a title that, as I said, it it can change change hands like pretty quickly because. It is a title that doesn't need to have like the big long super reigns. Yeah, this one is very often. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's and always been that way. They don't they don't shine away from giving it to, to outsider outsiders either. It's like they did that last year during a very weird period where they, it was just bouncing around between Noah and, and Dragon Gate, which was very dumb. It was not fun at all, but it. Well, that was that was the only title they could do that with because this title, in in the long run, doesn't doesn't mean that much, <laughs> you know. Yeah, or it's just kind of like the history of the title. I mean, even the tag titles, a lot of times with these guys, especially early on. I mean, the history of Dragon Gate was, and it's not. Again, we'll kind of get this more when we talk about the roster, but nowadays it's not as much. But the history of DG. You're talking about a lot of really small dudes. And a lot yeah. of times, small dudes working a lot of shows get injured. So you'll see like these kind of smallest dudes take an injury. Maybe if they're a tag champion or a triangle gate champion, they will, uh, they'll have to vacate the titles. Uh, if you yeah. look through the history of the titles, you'll see a ton of times where it's like, you go to cage match on these pages, like, vacant, vacant. Like, you know, every year I'll have a new vacant pretty much on the titles. That's happened a ton of times. With both the Twin Gates and the, the Triangle Gates. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but yeah, that is the title scenes scene right now. Of course, uh, they have they have had other titles. The most prominent one being the Open the Owari Gate title, which is, was like the, the comedy title, uh, which obviously was always held by Kurumawa Ishikawa. <laughs> But it, it it was the comedy title. They are making a slight return with that title on the uh, Biden Zero shows, but it doesn't matter. They won't take it seriously, so it doesn't need to be mentioned that much. And... The idea behind that was, like, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, it's who the crowd picks. Like, like whoever gets yeah. the biggest fan reaction will get the title. It wasn't about wins and losses, so it was a very unique title. I actually thought it was kind of cool, but you know, yeah, like you said, it's not that prominent any, anymore. Yeah. Uh, it currently is vacated and inactive. And it... Yeah, they haven't done anything with it in years at this point. Yeah. But I was, I mentioned it because they said that they would bring it back for a special occasion on the Biden Zero show later this year in July. 
So Good. bring it back. Better, I but then we move over to speaking of shows, we just move over to the big shows and how touring works. So starting off the uh, we'll talk about so this is these are the shows that get like big streamed on that gets treated like big pay-per-views on the Dragon Gate Network that always are like loaded with the cards and they of course have tours but we'll talk about them later first just to mention the big shows uh so starting off next year this is something that is only special for next year because they, they we haven't tried this they haven't had this before but starting next year they will start having a big show in january in Yokohama Budokan, but they have not said anything more about it, except it's happening in January, and it's in Yokohama Budokan, and that it's a new, like, big show at the start of the year. Uh, but we don't know anything else about it, so I, I just needed to mention that. But then, other than that, th- the first big weekend of Dragon Gate's year is Champion Gate, which is always in early March. Uh, this is a two-night show from Osaka Edeon Arena number 2, and it always on these two shows they they split the, the shows in two and at the they have two title matches at both and the goal of the weekend is to defend all the t- titles and the the first night is always like main evented by the twin gate and the second night is always main evented by the dream gate and the dream gate in in like the dream gate match always is a proving yourself ready match for a for the main event scene. Uh, they bring a challenger that haven't really proven himself worthy of being in the main event scene yet, and try him out and see how he works. It's like send him out to sink or swim in a open the dream gate title match, and it's kind of like which is why you always expect you should never expect someone big to challenge the dream gate champion at the the champion gate shows it will be a like unproven guy kind of yeah these shows aren't as big as like the big pay-per-view shows yeah. but they're bigger than their normal shows yeah uh you know like something like this would be counting that and the, i mean you saw that this year with uh the one this year was strong machine j getting yeah. a, a title shot which was like that and it spun off into a feud that's lasted to kobe world uh, even. Yeah. so you know like you know you could see stuff like that happen on there uh, but they're they're like, not again. They're bigger than normal shows, but not as big as the big big shows. Yeah, they. Uh, why I'm separating them is because they aren't tour shows. They aren't. They yeah, are exactly. They're bigger than those. Their yeah. own shows. Yeah. And especially especially this next one, which never gets like is treated like a big show at all. But it it is not a tour show. It is Memorial Gate in Wakayama. It is late March. Again, this is definitely not a big show because they. It's more of an obligation of ha- having a show in this venue uh, for the TV station, <laughs> but it always always features at least one title match, uh, so that should be mentioned. Yeah, what you said is totally true. Uh, it even started like they started this around like the early 2010s. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe 2011, 12. I think 2012 might have been it. Uh, they started there and. Basically, it was for that exact reason. It was for the TV station, even yeah. even back then. Uh, so it was very local to the Wakayama area, yeah. and they still do it even today. But like you said, it's not as big as the pay-per-views, so surely. Yeah. Then there is the first big, big show of the year. Dead or Alive in Aichi, Nagoya. 
this always happens on either May 5th or May 6th in go on the Golden Week weekend. The, this is Dragon Gate's Golden Week show. It is up until up until this year, it is their big start of the year show. Of course, next year we will have the Yokama Budokan show uh, as the start of the year show. But this is the first of the big big pay-per-views. Uh, this normally in its history has been made evented by a big bonkers steel cage match, which always is just unit uh, fun and a lot of weird <laughs> stuff and very unique to this show. They have, they sadly have gone away from that the last two years and seems to be holding back to, to the steel cage for other things, we'll, which we'll see at Kobe World this year. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate thing because there's cage matches and then there's dead or alive cage matches. Yeah. And they've gone away from that for a, a few years now, unfortunately. But if you go back in the... If you, look, if you find them... Somehow, if you're just interested to see what it's like, you'll see situations where there'll be people capture the flag rules, brawling outside of the cage, the factions will brawl with each other, they'll have a huge slingshot, a guy will go to the 10th yeah. row and pull it back and, and slam on people, there'll be water guns, pies, like, you know, total comedic style, but in this outrageous also. situation. But also, it leads to mo some really cool storylines moments it's at some of these cage matches has led to one of the most... Like, it has led to infamous heel turns and yeah. performances, especially from Yamato in the... Like, this is... It is such a unique thing. All of the Dead or Alive shows are on the Dragon Gate Network. And I just... I recommend, recommend you just finding a year and going watching the steel cage match of that show it, yeah then you will see what we're talking about and how unique this this kind of steel cage match is compared to any other company's steel cage matches yeah absolutely agree just pick a year and you know in the 2010s will probably be the best because you'll get a lot of guys that are still around uh pick a year and you will find something very very amusing and and special as well and I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning behind going away from it is, but hopefully they can get back to it one day. Because like we we miss these wild, outrageous dead or alive cage yeah. matches. And we'll we don't know how the cage match at Kobe World this year will be. So yeah, it okay. won't be like that though. <laughs> like I said, it's not a faction match. It's a, a singles match. And it, I mean, there is a lot of heavy. I mean, they, they have done that. They have done that at dead or alive. Also, they had the open the dream game title being defended in it. One time, yeah. But then, uh, then we move over to the biggest show of the year, Kobe World Pro Wrestling Festival. It always happens in July or early August. It gets its name from the venue and the city it's located in. It's they are running it every year in World Memorial Hall in Kobe, their home turf. This is their home show. Um, this has. Every year since its inception, been treated as the biggest show of the year. They always stack the show to its fullest. We are on the verge of it coming soon. It is the the show that like brings in the most viewers every year. And normally, <laughs> normally they have the King of Gate winner, uh, which is their tournament, face the Dreamgate champion in the main event. But this year they are doing the King of Gate after Kobe World. Uh, Dylan, you are not a fan of that, <laughs> but. 
Uh, I don't think many people are. Like, I, yeah, are, 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 I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mixed on it. I'm holding back until I see what they do with King of Gate. But uh, I, I, this is the biggest show of the year. They, that's pretty much everything I can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess their WrestleMania or whatever would kind of be this. Yeah. Uh, Kobe World, I mean... This has been their home turf even back to Toriumon. Like, yeah. like, even before DG was DG. So, like, obviously that's their big show. They don't always... I mean, we're just look at this year coming up. Like, you can see here. They don't always book it like other people's big show, Like, other companies' biggest shows. Uh, we've seen multiple times. I mean, last year was, like, a huge failure on what they tried. Uh, like, things that, and things that really derailed what they were doing, <laughs> unfortunately. But there's been other times in the past where you've seen shows built around maybe Ultimo Dragon returning. We mentioned that earlier. That yeah. was a big part of Dra- uh, Kobe well, World that year. Masato Yoshino, one of their biggest stars, yeah, retiring yeah, like, in 2021. That too. And they've even had stuff where, I mean, again, last year was like the terrible version of that. Uh, not as bad, but still not great version was when they uh, switched the title immediately before the show, which was when BB Hulk had a legendary title reign and they swapped it to Yoshino uh, because he was going to face T-Hawk in, yeah. the, in the main event. Uh, Again, it that wasn't great, but it was not as bad as last year. But the point is they've, they've done stuff to where, you know, it's hard to imagine something like that. Like, you know, two weeks before Wrestle Kingdom, uh, you know, Okada loses the title to, to, to somebody. And like, you know, that that probably wouldn't happen. But DG has not been afraid to do stuff that is a little outside the box for their Kobe World show. Normally, to be honest, it's better if they just do it, like, with the King of Gate winning and, and then the they just set up yeah. a normal title defense. But we'll see how this year's goes. And, like, they're I, doing another thing different this year, and, and hopefully it works out. I think the, win- the reason they didn't have the King of Gate this uh this year before Kobe World was because they had planned of having the steel cage match on the, the, the Kobe World main event. Yeah, that's, that's, that's speculation, different. though. Of course, that is speculation. <laughs> well, it's they, not speculation that is different, though. Like that, yeah. that, that, that is true. Uh, and that, that historically they haven't been afraid to do that. But just in the past, when they've gone against the grain, it's usually been pretty mixed results at best. And like I said, last year I think was yeah, this, a u- universally panned move. Think. This is the first time, except for the year Basaru Yoshino retired, where the Dreamgate won't be in the main event of this show. The, the, it will be the cage match on this show. Yeah. I mean, the, cage, the cage match is what it is. That's not even that important to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they just... Uh, they, they are not afraid to do different things. Title changes at the last second. You know, people turning right before yeah. the show. So, like they've done stuff that kind of rocks the boat right before their big show, and not been afraid to to do that. And a lot of companies don't handle their big shows like that, yeah. which uh, could be good or bad depending on your viewpoint. But uh, I, they, there's been a lot of legendary moments on the show as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It is also a company that's no a a show that kind of they always book it. They have, of course, they have a outside. This year they have Hiromu Takahashi coming in to have like a big singles match. And they have done that before where they have brought in big outsiders for this show. This is the feels like the one show where they are open to bringing in people from outside. And it's kind of like they go away from being in their own little bubble and make the show as, accept- as accessible to new fans as possible. 
But um, again, we'll next next week. This show will be previewed by this show, so you uh, you can come back and listen to our preview next week to learn all about the, the this year's show. But uh, then we will we move over to Dangerous Gate, which uh, falls in late August this year, but it normally happens in September. This is the third of the big shows of the year. This is in Auto War General G- Gymnasium, and it's normally the fallout of uh, Kobe World. That is the main thing about it. And they always have, if the new champion is, if if there was a new guy winning the title at Kobe World, they will have, like, the first big defense here. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's one of the bigger shows for that reason. Uh, yeah. There's nothing really that, like, special about it compared to the other ones we talked about, but it is a big show, and you'll get a great match on it almost always in the main event. And then there is, in November, the Gate of Destiny. This is the Osaka Big Show. This is from Edeon Arena number one, Osaka Prefectural Gym. This is the the big November show. And again, con- continuing as I said about Dangerous Gate, this is treated like another one of their big five shows of the year. Then there is the Gate of Origin, which is late November, early December. This is a like Memorial Gate and Champion Gate. It's more of an obligation. To have a Sendai big show, uh, big show quotation marks. <laughs> it's normally main evented by a title match, either the Twin Gate or the Dream Gate. Rarely the Dream Gate, but mostly the Twin Gate. And then at the end of the year, Final Gate always happens in the last week of December. As the name suggests, it is the big final show of the year, and it's always from Fukuoka, and it normally is in Fukuoka Kukai Center. Yeah, that's always, uh, I think, outside of Kobe World. They've kind of positioned that as kind of their next big show. Yeah. In terms of, like, you'll see, like, if there's going to be a title change that happens, that's always a threat. Like, like Final Gate is never, you can never count out a title change. Well, and Final even... Gate has been a historical like, show for people that won the title at Kobe World to lose the title. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Uh, there and even at times you don't even expect it. Obviously, the famous one was when Kai uh, won the title there, yeah. And uh, no, nobody expected. But even Yamato winning the title in the first place over Benkei, nobody thought that would happen. Uh, oh, it was Shun, wasn't it? Even no, no. Doi beats Benkei. Oh, yeah, Doi, yeah, that's right. Doi beat Benkei. Sorry, confused yeah. Doi Yamato. Uh, Doi beat Benkei there, and, and nobody expected that when that yeah. happened. Uh, you know, you know, Final Gate, like you said. You can never count out a title change there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is the big five shows of, of the year are Dead or Alive in May, Kobe World in July, Dangerous Gate in September, Gate of Destiny in November, Final Gate in December. Those are treated as the big five shows. Um, then there is the normal touring. Uh, one At least once per month, Dragon Gate does a Cork and Hall show. This always gets treated like a big deal outside of like the other tour shows and feels like a must-watch show because it features a lot of storyline developments and stuff like that. And it's also the only tour show that has English commentary. So they sometimes do it back-to-back in Corkin, uh, like on back-to-back nights, and they all, but they also have done like one at the start of the month and one at the end of the month. Yeah, and then, you're totally right. 
they like to stack. They have Dreamgate matches on there. They have had Dreamgate matches on there. Uh, they have also had Dreamgate changes there. They have had like a lot of title changes there. They they treat Cork and Hall as a big venue, just like DDT and like like it it is like they don't treat uh, Cork and like New Japan or Stardom treat Cork and. Yeah, that's totally correct. And uh, yeah, as you said earlier, every show, every to- uh, much like every show has, and every title has the name, the word "gate" in it. Every tour also has the word "gate" in it. They have the Open the New Year Gate show, uh, tour. They have the Fantastica, Fantastic Tour, Fantastic Gate Tour. It's just they have "gate" in it because that's the unique part of Dragon Gate. It's the gate. <laughs> Um, of course, the the rest of the normal months are just a set tour shows that get streamed. Uh, if they can handle streaming, they will be streamed from like KBS Hall or Kobe Sambo Hall. But when they aren't, though, on those shows, there are no commentary. There, those are just tour shows. They have lately they've been adding wrestler commentary, but the the microphones are really bad. So I recommend just watching it with no commentary. <laughs> a lot of these tour shows. Can be, you have to if you get really invested, you can get in there. Yeah. But otherwise, they're kind of superfluous a lot, yeah. a lot of times. I, to be honest, I I always say that uh, if you want to start watching Dragon Gate, you watch the Cork and Hall shows and the big shows. You don't need to watch the tour shows. The, those yeah. are those are for for us. <laughs> those are not to say it like that, but those are like for the people that are really invested in Dragon Gate. <laughs> oh, what they're really for is for the local fans. Like, yeah. like that, that that's what they really build those shows for. Hey, DG's coming to your town here, and now, and, like you know, before they would we would never see them in the first place. But yeah. since the, the, this happened, uh, since they had the tour and the uh, the network and everything like that, now we can see them. Although it's not always like totally. Yeah. It's not. You don't have to watch it. Let's let's put it that way. They have had title match, title changes, and on those shows, and it's like if they have gone up to Sapporo, they have changed the titles there. Like like the current Triangle Gate champions won the titles in Sapporo. Why? Because it's Casey Casey's hometown. <laughs> so he won it. He won the title in his hometown. Uh, it served as kind of like oh. I am the hometown hero, so I can I got got to win a lesser title here, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see stuff like that as well. Uh, but that is not all, uh, because Dragon Gate, like those are the tour shows, tour shows that get streamed on Dragon Gate Network. But there's also the thing is, Dragon Gate runs more than any other promotion in Japan. They are probably the one of the uh, only promotions that go to like the really small places. Like they they can go to like a really small venue in the middle of nowhere in Japan, and have not supposed to air shows because they are house shows, but they can they put at least two of the matches up on the YouTube Digest, which I mentioned earlier, and those those shows are more just for the fans there, especially for there because those are very small villages they go to, like they where no other wrestling comes. And that's another thing, uh, kind of what you said earlier about Corquin being a big deal for them. This is a big reason why a lot of the bigger companies will kind of oversaturate saturate the Tokyo area 
Yeah. DG is the company that hits everywhere. You know, yeah. like that's how it's, again, and, this is how it's always been. And that has created their fan base. Like that has uh, gained them a lot of fans. If you see any interview with some Joshi wrestlers from like nowhere, like from small villages, like Mayu Iwatani, she get her first introduction to it to wrestling was going to a Dragon Gate show, and she went to that because there were no other wrestling coming to her town. So she and then she saw that Dragon Gate came there, and she she got brought with her uh, with got brought uh, by someone there. And fell in love with the sport because of that. Yeah, uh, that that's true. You know, you'll see that a lot of times too. Why a lot of the deathmatch guys are very influential to a lot of the Joshi wrestlers like that. Uh, you know, or just any indie person. Where yeah. DG, like I said, the New Japan might not always go everywhere, and a lot of the companies there will oversaturate saturate the area. Yeah. Um, all Japan's gotten better at that over the years. By necessity, more than anything, but Stardom does it also a lot now. They yeah. go to like smaller places. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and DG though, they are, they are the OGs. Like when yeah. everyone else was not was really focused on Tokyo, they really hit everywhere. And their home base is in Kobe, so that tells you all you need to know, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and of course, on these YouTube Digest, sometimes they have tournament matches on there, and. That's the only way of watching the tournament matches, but we'll talk about that when we talk about the tournaments. But then we move over to the roster and the rest of the units. Uh, this is Dragon Gate's roster is very unit based, like a lot of Japanese pro wrestling companies. But Dragon Gate especially is focused a lot around the units. If the right, it's like most of the roster are in the units. But there are, of course, some people that are in affiliated, but most of the people are in the, in units. Uh, I'll start off talking about the first one, the, the leading unit. It's not the biggest, but it, it, it features the big three baby faces of the company. So I, I'm, I want to mention them first because they are the three leaders of the company, kind of. Uh, they are D-Courage, Yuki Oshoka, Dragon Daya, Madoka Kikura. The three biggest babyfaces in the company in one unit, uh, the successor to the Dragon Dragon name, Dragon Daya. He is the successor of Dragon Kid. Dragon Kid was the su- successor of Ultimo Dr- Dragon. Then there's Yuki Yoshioka, who f- gets treated like the Dragon Gate's future slash current ace. And then there's the new Open Dream Gate champion, Madoka Kikura, who had one of the most feel-good wins earlier this year. Yeah, uh, last year, they've each had their moments in the sun, pretty much, because at the start of the unit, it was originally right after Daya had lost his mask, and Yoshioka as well, and they basically had this yeah. very emotional angle that led to, once once they were rivals, and now they're friends, uh, pretty much, and they were this super hot babyface team, but Daya coming in with a skateboard, he was kind of the focus guy for the first few months. Then King of Gate came, and Yoshioka got that role, yeah. uh, and he was the main guy, and obviously won the, the Dreamgate title, and had a, a reign that is controversial among some people. I personally really thought it was great, yeah, but we there are a lot of detractors. The best, uh, Dreamgate, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, 
And, and, and now Kakuda is the champion, like, pretty much. Now, like, this year, they've switched from the other two. Yoshioka lost the title at the very start of the year, and Kakuda has kind of been who they've chosen to focus on up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, that is all leading to the unit versus unit open the Game Gate title match later at Kobe World this year, which is between yeah, Yoshioka versus Kakuda. Challenging Madoka Kikuda. Uh, of course, they are... These three are the biggest baby faces. Note, note that I didn't say a leader because they don't treat themselves. None of they are, them are a leader. They are all together. They are a, they are kind of a trio that that just of people that like because the other units have leader have set leaders that act like leaders are the main talkers. The all these three all rotate between talking. Of course, Dragon Dio takes the most pins because he's the junior heavyweight of the group, but they are just a a trio of the best wrestlers in this company. Like, if you want to have good matches currently in this company, versus D-Courage is the best, like, trios match you can get. Yeah, like I said, each guy's been focused on it at different points, yeah. you know? Like, Dio was the main guy at first, then it was Yoshioka, and now Kakuda is having his turn. So, the the, the leader, quote-unquote, is just whoever is getting pushed the, the most yeah. at the time, like, to, to their... I mean, and we're still only a year or so in, like, year and a half in at this point yeah. of the courage, so... And Very... originally it was just... Yeah, uh, Daya originally it was just the tag team. Uh, yeah. That's what, where the name got came from, because it's D, Daya... And courage is what Yuki stands for in Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Then Kakuda, after he came back from injury, he joined along with them. Uh, yeah, much. because originally Kakuda, I, yeah. Kakuda started as an assistant, but I think as they they kind of like saw their chemistry together as a trio, they just continued. It, it they just implemented him more into the group, kind of into into yeah, the group I, more into. Yeah. yeah, and when he left, he was a heel. Uh, so yeah. he came back from injury, uh, like as a new, and like this is a good, great way to elevate him. And I mean, he's the champion right now, so <laughs> they they clearly have seen it worked pretty well so far. Yep. Then we move over to the lead heel unit, led by it. It was first led by Kai, but it it has obviously been taken over by Shun Skywalker. <laughs> Shun Skywalker is the leader. Then there's Kai. Then there's Yo. Then there's Diamante, who is a former CMLL wrestler, but is now a full-time Dragon Gate wrestler. He's a luchador. I think he's one of the few foreigners in the company. He's definitely the only Mexican in the company. And then there's Ishin, who is a rookie. Who has been a bit elevated a bit, but has still is still the freshest of these guys as in terms of experience. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. I was say, yeah, he's on the rise. Another situation where the leader is basically who they wanted to be at the time. Yeah. Uh, originally, they were uh, red, like R E D. Yeah. So uh, and it, you know. it's a unit that got formed out of the remnants of R E D and Ma of the and Masquerade's feud that went all through 2021. And this unit was formed when Shin Skywalker had the most like infamous heel turn last year when. Both factions got ended in one match, kind of, because like he kicked out, he kicked out Kota Minora and Jason from uh, Masquerade and joined Red, and they and Red kicked out Ata and all that. It's one of the most infamous angles of last year's Dragon Gate, and it's a angle that brought a lot of new, a lot of people back into the company or uh, through the company for the first time. 
basically they were doing this mass multi-man mass match and in it it was going to be the two red guys versus uh the masquerade guys which were daya and shun and shun basically totally turned on daya and cost him his mask everyone thought it would be daya inferno who is yoshioka as it would turn out and which he did do uh, at the end, but basically, he Shun totally screwed over Daya in the match, and it was this really crazy angle, which was, like, amazing. Like, it was so well done, and like you said, brought in a ton of new fans. Afterwards, Daya lost his mask. Nobody could believe it, because everyone thought it would be Inferno. And then Inferno took off his mask anyway. That's another staple of Dragon Gate booking, and it's why, maybe wise to remember that going into this cage match, uh, because yeah. DG will often... They'll do what you think they'll do, but in a way you don't expect, like yeah. you know, like like they'll do it in a they'll get they'll get there in a complicated way that you might expect in a straightforward way. Like that had this happened tons of times over the years. But yeah, after that, Shun started this new heel character, Masquerade. I mean, that was a really short-lived faction. Uh, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't very successful ultimately. Yeah. Um, so they springboarded from that. Like you said, they kicked out Ada. I mean, Red lasted a little while before they did that, right? Yeah, like, there was a, a couple of months at least. Because that, uh, but that Daya and that Daya uh, mask match was in twenty twenty in late twenty twenty one in December. Yes, and then December. at the at this first Corkin of the new year twenty twenty two, they had they had the angle of Shun Skywalker uh, joy fully joining Red, and then the the rest of Red kicking out Eita and Kaito Ishida. Yeah, so yeah, it happened like a month later. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and also should be noted at the end of that at the end of that match, like at the end of that show, at <laughs> this was so so awesome. At the end of the sh- at the end of that show, Espy Kento, who was the Open the uh, Brave Gate champion, took took the microphone and said, "Yeah, we this was the last match of the show. Time to go home, people." And then the open the break gate music started, and it was an impromptu GM Rio Saito created an impromptu open the break gate title match, and the return of Dragon Dia without the mask with the skateboard came out and won the title oh, yeah. by help of Dia Inferno Yuki Oshioka, and that was the creation of the courage. So yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that all of that you just said was really great. Like yeah. that, that was among the better. And I've been watching DG for thirteen. Well, you know, DG USA, so two thousand nine, two thousand ten, <laughs> late oh nine, I think, is when I first started watching DG. That was one of the better sequences of angles I can remember. Uh, like yeah. that, that I've seen of DG was like with the tune turn. Uh, totally got him, like elevated him, and caught him him on fire. Daya, man, he looked like the dude when that happened. I mean, it hasn't yeah. really worked out that way, but he looked like a, a superstar in the making when that happened, and just a great, great series of events. Early 2022, late 2021 was uh, good times for DG. Yeah, that's why that's when I got back into the company. So, But then, that, this is the heel unit. They, they are, right now, they are definitely the most, like, formulaic they have been. <laughs> Like, I complain about it a lot, but uh, right now they need fresh blood or in need of, of change of color, kind of. They, because a lot of their matches have gotten kind of samey, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. This is another thing where, from the very beginning of all of this, 
there is a heal unit that is basically very similar to what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like this is the latest incarnation of stuff that's happened since 2004, where you had like Aganiso, and then there was Italian Connection, uh, Crazy Max, you know, uh, you know, Mad Blanky, Berserk. They had Antios, which uh, you know, some of this stuff was more successful than others. Uh, but then it finally all came to R.E.D. And they were the, the heel faction. And now Zebrats are, like you said, we kind of outlined how yeah. they came to be. But all of these groups are basically the same. Like, yeah. like you know, like more or less. Yeah. And then there's Natural Vibes. Uh, the Probably the, big, the biggest unit in Dragon Gate, definitely. Uh, I, yeah, they have six members. They are the biggest unit. Uh, it is led by Casey... And it's, oh, by the way, it's also the longest uh, running unit in Dragon Gate right, right now. Like, Natural Vibes has gone on for way longer than any of the other uh, units. Yeah. But the Natural about Vibes. Zebrats, yeah. Uh, that the heal unit is often very important because the way DG works, there's a lot, because a lot of times, again, in other companies, this is a little different in DG than the others. You'll see an equal split of baby faces and heels, like good guys and bad guys. Yeah. In DG, there's way more good guys, and then there's usually yeah. like all the heels are in this heel unit, uh, yeah. more, more or less. Uh, and that that's why they play a very central role. <laughs> a few years ago, they did an angle where they were trying to call back on the Toriumon history, where they split. They did something way different than they usually do. But the factions then, there were only three factions. One was Toriumon Generation, DG Generation, and then R.E.D. had their own faction. Yeah. Uh, and, like, they were they were their own unit because they that's how important the heel factions are in DG. Like, if you're the main faction, the main, main heel faction, you're basically the center of the company a lot of the time. And that, that's played out pretty well at this point. Yeah. But yeah, then we have. This is one of the most babyface units that you can have. Uh, Natural Vibes, led by Casey, uh, and other members of Big Boss Shimizu, Strong Machine J, UT, Jackie Funky Kame, and Jason Lee. Uh, this is a unit all about good vibes only. They always go out there and have a big dance to get the crowd hyped and have a great time, and they are all very popular with the fans. They they are the guys that bring in that do the um, gong kid gimmick uh, all the time, where they bring in the kids to the to the ring and have him have them ring the bell. They have started doing that lately. Again, they used to do that a lot back in the day. But this is the this is the most babyface of the babyface units. Like the Decurge are the big babyface main eventers. This is the big main main eventers underdogs. The the big babyface underdogs, you know. It's also worth mentioning that they were away for a while, uh, you know, during the middle of the time. Uh, yeah. Like, they had a period of inactivity, and when they came back, basically everyone thought that they were going to break up right away, and it was going <laughs> to lead to a heel turn. Yeah. Uh, you know, because this was an old faction. It had been gone for a few years, based on the angle I just said about the Toriumon and Dragon Gate. And then, you know, because it was around for like a year, and then it was gone for a few years, and then they brought it back last year. Or it, may, it may have been late 2021 when yeah. they brought it back. But uh, they brought it back, and everyone thought, oh, this is stupid. Why are they bringing this back? It's going to be a turn. But it turned out that they ended up being over. Like, the, the fans reacted to them very well and, and better than the first yeah. time. 
this uh, is definitely the most popular unit in Dragon Gate with the fans. Like, yeah, they had great additions of people like uh, Jackie Funky Kame, uh, Jason Lee, Lee, people that yeah. yeah, like oh, people that added last year. Yeah, Strong Machine J. Yeah, we can't forget about him as well. Originally, they were like a reggae-inspired unit. Uh, you notice yeah. the, their fl- their colors are always like, uh, you know, very brightly colored, green and yellow, uh, red-inspired type of deal. They were a reggae-based unit, and uh, KZ obviously has the musical aspect. You mentioned the dancing. They are what you said is completely true. They are the true blue most popular unit to the fans of Dragon Gate. Yeah, you will see so many. Uh, like people in the crowd with uh, the natural vibes, uh, like armbands or rings or the towels, they are really popular. Uh, Jason, J- Jason Lee, and Jackie Funky Kame also have a subunit that is called uh, that is a Kobe exclusive unit where they have with Ho Lun called Kung Fu Masters. That is because Kobe is very like Chinese. Filled uh, company? No, no. Hey, 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 hey! We cannot erase Super Shenlong. The Super third. Shenlong, yeah. Yeah, we, we. I will not stand for this Super Shenlong the third erasure, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, true. But yeah, this is a subunit that is exclusive to in uh, Kobe, which is my favorite Kobe. unit as well. The, the the Kung Fu Masters. I'm 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 half Chinese, so. Uh, but still, I I love them. Uh, you know, the Kung Fu Masters is awesome. Uh, that's a good point mentioning them, but they're still in natural vibes. So yeah, ultimately, they, more or less, they are they are still in natural vibes. But yeah, uh, then there is Gold Class, led by Kota Minora, uh, Ben K, BB Hulk, and Minorita is the rookie. This is a unit all for the ladies. <laughs> they like showing off how cool and masculine they are. And they like like showing like giving roses to the fans and. Getting female fans to like swoon over them and all that, they they are very much they they are very much appealing to women. The whole company is kind of like that in yeah. a lot of ways. They're like they're very much they play into that uh, a lot. But yeah, right now they're kind of that's kind of their role, like the Ikemen type of deal. Yeah, uh, it's not as pronounced now as it was when they first started, where that was like explicitly stated to be their goal. Uh, yeah. It was really unsuccessful the first go-around. Uh, nobody liked them, actually, uh, when, when they first started. But now, I did a lot of... Ever since Ben K joined, they have become one of the most popular units. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, the first time go-around, a lot happened where Doi left and uh, Ishida left the whole company. Uh, things were going downhill, like, for them. They were a really bad unit, to be honest. And Kozunora uh, had a really bad main event run <laughs> yes exactly like that that was what i was mentioning last year the thing that failed heavily that was it uh, yeah. like they tried to shoehorn menorah into a main event that he didn't need to be in and oh, I... of course when you see this unit all together you will see that minorita is the mini version of kota menorah that is the part of the gimmick that is it's supposed to be uh the whole thing so once again don't... this is very like, this is something very common in Lucha Libre, where there'll be a... There's even an Ultimo Dragoncito in uh, CMLL. There's Shockercito, all kinds of stuff like that. They they relied on that heavily in Toriumon. Like, again, the old days, the early goings of things. Um, now, 
it's not as prominent, but he he plays off of that. Like that's a very yeah. lucha libre inspired deal. He's trying to come into his own a little bit uh, more so than being a direct copy of, of Minora. Yeah, uh, you know, like I mean, he won a title earlier in the I year. Mean, he is also a pretty great wrestler, Minorita. <laughs> like he he fights. He is a brave gate wrestler. He won the brave gate, as you said. Yeah, talented guy uh, himself. But the key to that group, to me, is what you kind of said, which was Ben K. Yeah. Uh, when he when he joined, that changed the whole group's fortunes because they were basically everyone wanted them to die. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty much. They they were like high end level, <laughs> like when, when when he came in. But because he's so awesome, uh, he's he was able to really turn the fans around. BB Hulk went from a heel to a babyface and joined them. Like you said, and more of the yeah. By 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 doing that, by going from a heel to a ba- to this gold class version of him. BB Hulk has been like entered a renaissance of his career. It, yeah, it is he, it is, he has really been helped by this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talent, very talented guy. When I started watching BB was like one of my like he wasn't yeah. one of he was my favorite like, guy. If, in the if you used to watch B, uh, Dragon Gate back in the day, you will of course have heard of BB Hulk. Uh, he of course right now is pretty like. His body is pretty messed up after all the bumps he has taken, which makes sense. <laughs> and uh, but he definitely puts it on when he's teaming with Gold Class, and I really like that. Uh, this year he has been a big highlight. Yeah, he and Shingo were more or less the most famous Dragon Gate wrestlers to the outsiders for a long time. Uh, they came together, they're friends, blah blah blah, like yeah. teams, rivals. Rivalry. Yeah, yeah, you know they 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 did it all together. They were kind of the ones that represented DG and other companies as well. Like they had a yeah. run in Noah. Like they they are known. You know, and obviously Shingo now is more well known than ever. Yeah, in, in, in New Japan, but uh, for me, I'll always have a soft spot for him, even though I recognize that he has broken down. But with yeah. the team, I think Minora's done good work, and Ben K has been awesome. So you, you know, you have a good, well-rounded unit at this point with them. This is only the, the this is also the only unit that includes. No wait, the decourage also does that. Never mind. <laughs> that this unit has two of the chosen leaders of the next generation, Kota Minora and BB Hall. And no, Kota Minora and Ben K are both chosen Reiwa generation leaders. Uh, as same as we'll talk about that later. But yeah, then there is the M3K faction led by Masaki Mochizuki, and the other members are Susumu Mochizuki, Yasushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Jr., who is the son of Masaki Mochizuki. He is a second-generation wrestler, um, one of the few in this company, the other ones being Strong Machine J and Ishin. This is a pretty simple faction. It's veterans paying homage to the group in Toriman, Japan, called M2K, which was Mochizuki Sr., Susumu Mochizuki, and Yasushi Kanda. They got the name was they are two two Mochizukis and Kanda, so they, that was M2K. Now they are three Mochizukis and Kanda, so they are M3K. This whole unit was reincarnated because they want, used it as a way to introduce Mochizuki Jr. to the scene when they debuted last year. Yeah, the original version was like a heel faction. Uh, yeah. They would always try like their whole purpose was literally. We want to have bad matches that the fans don't like. So how are we going to accomplish that? We're going to force every match to be a countout. 
<laughs> like, we're not even trying to win. We're just trying to ruin these matches. <laughs> and you still see that happen with M3K now, but much more in a babyface fashion. Like, they, they'll still try to go for countouts at times, but they're much more liked because they're, they're old. <laughs> no, 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 because they're a veteran group that you can get behind that. But yeah, that's another thing that DG will always do. Again, they always call back to their history a lot of the times. Yeah. There'll be stuff that you probably haven't thought about in years, and suddenly it'll come back up for some reason. Uh, and this is this is another case of that. Yeah, and that is all the units uh, as they are right now. Then there's the rest of the roster, which is pretty unaffiliated. The home uh, army, pretty much. Yeah, the home army, the the Sekigun. <laughs> we, and I, but I have kind of um, separated a lot of. I have separated them into groups. We'll start first with the veterans, the Torimon Generation veterans, uh, Ultimate Dragon, Don Fuji, Konomawa Ishikawa, Genki Horiguchi, GM uh, Ryo Saito, and I count Dragon Kid as that also. Right. Um, that is, that, those are the people that kind of started in Torimon. Yeah, and most of them are kind of awesome. To, to yeah. be honest. Like, they are still now. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as per, they like to have them, uh, especially especially they like to have Don Fuji uh, beat up the, uh, the rookies, and it's yeah. really fun. <laughs> uh, then there's uh, like light. Like later on in Torimon, uh, veterans that kind of start at the end of Torimon kind of got traded. They are from the next generation, kind of. Uh, Naruki Doi, Shuji Kondo, Sachi Hokoboy, and Kagetora. Uh, Tribunal, Naruki Doi, and Shuji Kondo are both currently freelancers for the company. They are mostly based in Dragon Gate, but they also have uh, do wrestle for other companies. Notably, yeah. Kondo in Noah and the Rikidoi in All Japan and DVD. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you summed it up like those guys all fit together. Um, I think Doi is probably the one that everyone would point to. I mean, he's the one that's had the most success historically yeah. in, the, in the company. He was like an ace of the company for a long time. Every, uh, yeah, and he will yeah. be in a big feature match at uh, the Kobe World teaming with his former unit, Gold Class. <laughs> so. He he is still treated pretty big because of course he is one of the former big six of the company. Uh, and along D, with... D, DK as you know, he's going to be also, the main event as yeah. well. Yeah, and he he's a guy that I always recommend because he's basically like to Dragon Gate what Rey Mysterio was to yeah. American companies. Uh, just an amazing. I mean, he's small, but that he's used it. That's part of his charm, and he was doing stuff nobody else could do <laughs> for a long time. Obviously. Uh, Later yeah. generations caught up to him, but I mean, he was an innovative type of guy. And a, a great most performer. prominent wrestlers of these unaffiliated guys will be Ultimate Dragon, Dragon Kid, Naruki Doi, and the one I'm going to mention now, Yamato, the former ace, who is still very relevant, uh, but now not his, he's not a main eventer anymore. He gets put in big matches, and he works a lot as an ambassador for the company. I would say that these four are the big, biggest names of the unaffiliated wrestlers. Yeah. I have no unit. Yeah, they've had the most success. I mean, Yamato's going to be in one of the main matches yeah, uh, on Kobe World. Yeah, he's facing Hiromu Takashi. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so I think a lot of people keep their eyes on him uh, as well. He's a, he, you know, like you said, he's a former champion. He, uh, one of the... early, earlier this year, he lost his unit, and after that, he said that he would stay out of the unit landscape for a year. So that is why he's currently unaffiliated. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of great things uh, in the past. He's been a heel, babyface. He, he's ran the gamut. Uh, right now, he's a respected veteran. In his current role against Hiromu, he's probably going to lean more heel because we saw that in yeah. the uh, like the super fest, the super junior festival they had in March. Uh, he was kind of like the main rival of Hiromu there, and they're paying it off on Toby World. So, yeah, like a lot of talented guys who have done big things in the past of the company. Uh, then there is uh, the rest of the roster that are unaffiliated. Ata, he is a freelancer who works mostly in Noah, but he is. Still working Dragon Gate from time to time to time, but he isn't that invested in Dragon Gate. You will never see yeah. it. You will not see Ata in a big storyline in Dragon Gate anymore. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen anymore. But uh, it, it's a shame yeah. because I really like Ata and I feel him in Noah is a waste of his potential. But I mean, he just it, doesn't care about wrestling in general. <laughs> he, like, he 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 doesn't care about Noah either. Either don't worry, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was one of my guys when he came in. Uh, I mean, him and T-Hawk were, like, that to me, is that could have been a legendary team if they continued it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had one of the best Kobe World matches, too, when they won the tag, the Twin Gates. Um, but yeah, Ata, talented guy, just a big fan of, and he was the leader of R.E.D. for a while. Yeah. Uh, so he he was, like, a main guy in DG for a good bit, and I, I like him. It's just, yeah, right now, it's like he's, Basically past his prime, you know, so to speak, just in terms of his care, I would say. Yeah. Uh, then there's Take- Takeshi Yoshida, uh, another veteran. He likes to likes to do the shut up gimmick. <laughs> uh, then there's Problem Dragon, uh, also also called sometimes called Monday Monday Ryu. Uh, it really depends on the spelling. The English spelling of his name is Problem Dragon, but the Japanese spelling is Monday Ryu. Um, then there's Yosuke Santa Maria, who's also under the mask uh, of Shenlong 3, Super Shenlong 3. Then there's Punch Tominaga, the ultimate jobber. Then there's um, Ho Ho Lung, the, 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 the godfather. The of, uh, yeah, the, the commentator and the godfather of Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia Wrestling, <laughs> as he likes to call himself. But yeah, that, that is the, the veteran. The like unaffiliated uh, roster members. Then there is the rookies that are not in in units right now. I I separate them because they are the rookies. I like to separate them because Dragon Gate gives rookies a lot, and they they give them a lot of personality that they you won't see rookies in New Japan or Noah or All Japan get, uh, where they get. A gimmick or a personality, even before they they are like ready to be be uh, featured. Uh, most prominently, there the the guy that is currently on this excursion, but right now is on like visit back home. La Estrella, uh, he is kind of a like luchador high flyer, but he it feels like he works better as a Yave guy. But it, he has been kind of given a luchador high flyer gimmick. Then there's Ryu Fuda. Then, there, uh, then there's Kaito Nagano. Then there's uh, 
a former Cork and Hall staff member, Daiki Yanaguchi. Then there's Yoshiki Kato, who right now is injured. And then there is the newest rookie, Ryoya Tanaka. This is one of the best parts of Dragon Gate, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the rookie system. The the way they handle the rookies is so great. It's not like this is a new thing. This is another thing that's been constantly historical for Dragon Gate. Every class, pretty much, like every era, so to speak, you're going to get a ton of great rookies uh, in here. And yeah. people that stand out right away, people you see. Like when uh, Fuda Nakamura came in to Dragon Gate, right away you knew, okay, this is this guy can lead the company. And he did, unfortunately, briefly, but now hopefully get back, he can get back up there. Um, when you see people like, you know, Kato right now, uh, he, he's injured right now, but he's a guy that you see, oh, this guy has star potential. Like, he could be somebody. Now you see Tanaka. He's another guy. Like, we, we've seen him for, what, three matches? Two, three matches? And he already feels like a guy that could be like, okay, this guy could be a main eventer. Yeah. <laughs> like, when the time comes. They always give the rookies some personality of their own. It's not the black trunks, the black boots, all that bull crap that sucks. Like, yeah. they let them have their own deals pretty much like and their own gear and sometimes they, they can... even get put into units like mochizuki jr he has one year of experience and he got put into a unit with his father uh he, he's his... another one where like right away you see mochizuki jr okay this guy yeah. has got what it takes i mean yeah. you know he yeah exactly like he he is going to be a guy he makes everything work he's doing some of the best stuff with everybody like bringing the best out of everybody uh you know him and ishin had a great feud and he did great in there. I mean, this guy has everything it takes. And, and those are guys you could see in DG where they will step up, stand out right away. And you get to you get to follow their whole journey. You know, if you w jump in on the ground floor now, you're going to see Ryuya Tanaka right away. And then you're going to be able to follow him for the next year, two, three, four, five years to yeah. where he grows. And you can see what he does with it. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's it's really cool. Uh, the, you of course, and they, if you are born, if you are in the same class, I almost said born in the same class, but it feels like it feels like born in the same class because if you are in the same class, you will be connected forever. Like we see the class of twenty sixteen be connected really a lot uh, because Mochi, uh, Shun Skywalker, Yuki Oshioka, and Ben K all have like so much story in between each other because they were all part of the class of 2016 and they it's get referenced a lot they show a lot of uh, when they they have big matches versus each other they like to show when they were rookies facing each other and stuff like that they get connected forever because they are in the same class and it's kind of like it's really unique and i really like it the the rookie system in dragon gate it's really cool. Uh, and yeah, as you said, you get to connect with them from the start, and you get to follow their, their story from the start, and that is what I really like about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this, is, to me, is one of the standout things if you're a DG fan to hang your hat on. Uh, the, then I'll just mention that, as we said, the big Big four veterans that are unaffiliated are Yamato, Ultimate Dragon, Narukitoi, and Dragon Kid. I would say 
Then there is the presented Raver Generation Big Six that are presented by the company as the leaders of the 2020s of this generation of Dragon Gate. They, this is a new thing. They have just recently re, uh, like started this whole storyline. And they it was started earlier th- this year at Dead or Alive, where Madoka Kikura, after winning the title, said, these are the six that are going to lead the company. And he said, Madoka Kikura, Yuki Oshioka, Ben K, Kota Minora, Shun Skywalker, and Strong Machine J. Those are the six lead leaders of the company, and as you see now at Kobe World, they are all in big, big matches. Kota Minora is in the Triangle Gate match. Ben K is in the Twin Gate match. Strong Machine J and Shun Skywalker is in the main event, the biggest featured match of the show, the the Steel Cage match. Very much built around their feud with each other, because which was added on by Shun Skywalker saying that Strong Machine J is not worthy of being in the Big Six. And you have two of the the most like great in-ring workers of the Big Six, Madoka Kikura and Yuki Yoshioka, facing each other in a big singles match. It is a new story that they di- started this year that it's cut- that is kind of harkening back to what they did uh, last decade when they did a very very similar angle, but that time with Yamato, uh, Naruki Doi, Shingo Takagi. Masaru Yoshino and uh, Akira Tosawa, and who am I forgetting? BB Hulk? I think that's all of them. Just... But yeah, that, it is. I, this is something that we'll see if it works out, but they have presented them as the big six leaders of the company. Yeah, you know, the first. Uh, this is another thing again. Remember what I said earlier about stuff that you never even thought about? and then it'll suddenly pop up, like, out of nowhere. This was basically like that. I mean, the first thing happened 10 years ago or so, uh, the original Big Six of DG. And it's not like... It's not like it totally dictated the company that they were the only ones that could win the championship. You know, I mean, like I said, right after that, you know, a year or so after that, BB Hulk had, like, a year-plus-long title reign. Yeah, I mean, he he was a Big Six member. (laughs) But, yeah. uh, he, He was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I said, well, uh, uh, the thing was that they got they got presented as the big leaders of the of the generation, and they turned out they were the big leaders of the next generation. But it also, as you said, there were people outside of that that scene that wanted the the title, but they were yeah. also the most involved. They those six were the most involved people in the the title scene. Yeah, that's true. But and, I. That is what they are presenting with this, also. I guess not dissimilar from a four pillars type of concept, yeah. right? Uh, you know, overall, like their version of the four pillars, where you had all of the, you know, like you said, the, the original big six was like, you know, Yoshino, Doi, Hulk, Shingo, Yamato, Tozawa, yeah, uh, on there, and they've kind of set these up. Although there's other guys, and you could use it to build things. Again, it's not something that like. They were there in, I guess, again, kind of like the All Japan Four Pillars. They were listed as, like, they're known as that, but it's not like that was a big part of their story, like, you yeah. know, so to speak. It was more like an unofficial title that, it is, uh, yeah. It, but it yeah. is also a, the whole thing about it is that it's going to create stories for all six of these people. And everybody and knows they're going to be, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone already knows that these are going to be the like six of the main guys anyway. Like even if you yeah. didn't call them that. Uh, o- overall, like that's just how things work. Uh, and though that's they kind of just laid the the groundwork for it. You know, like I said, Hulk had that long title reign. Shingo had a long title reign not that long after it. Yeah. Uh, overall, uh, they've mixed and matched from there. You know, where you had uh, like one one off upsets. Mochizuki obviously was like a yeah, yeah, they had foreigners as well, like uh, Pack winning the title when he started R.E.D. Uh, as well was a big foreigner title reign. Uh, you know, you could, you could do a lot of different things, but all of these guys are talented, and, and they've been pushed for the most part up to that level, so you would want yeah. them to be listed as that guy, because th- this is who the company is focused on, and now they're directly telling you that. Yeah, that that is pretty much it. Uh... Then we are going to talk about the tournament. Uh, this is going to be a very short, brief tournament talk because they they only have two. Uh, the first of all is the King of Gate, the 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 year's big annual tournament. It uh, changes between being a round robin tournament and a single elimination tournament depending on the year. Uh, as I said, as I said earlier when we talked about Kobe World, it used to be held like in the lead up to Kobe World from like May to June. But this year it will be held in July uh, to August, right after Kobe World. Uh, last year's winner was Yuki Yoshioka, and last year's tournament was a single elimination match. And it turned out he would win the Dreamgate title from Kai at Kobe World after winning the King of Gate. Yeah, it was uh, really well done, except things got messed up, yeah, uh, yeah. like because because it's a Kobe World thing. But I mean, there's yeah. again, there's tons of cases of that throughout history of. The Key of Gate winner coming in. Sometimes they lose. Like I said, I mentioned T Hawk earlier. Yeah, they, uh, as well. We, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is a tournament that, like, much. You can say it's their G one, but it really isn't. It, it isn't. They, they don't. They don't really treat it as big as the G one gets treated. Well, there's been so many changes over the years for it. Yeah. And, I mean, or, yeah. yeah. originally... It, it yeah. goes from being a single elimination tournament to, to being a round robin and then going back to single elimination. It kind of, like, goes in between those. And originally, they did a tournament in Toriumon, like, called El Numero Uno, like, number one, yeah. uh, which was kind of like the predecessor to this. And then they did it, and basically when they first started this, it was at the end of the year. Like, you know, like the the King of Gate. It was like, okay, who's coming in with the King of Gate? Like, you know, in the year as the king of the, the company or whatever. Then they moved it around, uh, and then they've they they, they they've done it in May and June pretty much every year. Until this year. And now they're doing it after Kobe World. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it works out, but you know, originally, like you said, it's been used. It's the catalyst to set up the main event. So it is kind of like their G1 in terms of it sets up their main event of the biggest show of the year. It just hasn't really been yeah, uh, because of the, the way they've done it. And like you said, changing the round robin to the single elimination to whatever they're going to do. It hasn't quite had the same prestige as maybe it could. You know, a G1 has had. But it still has resulting in some pretty great moments and matches, of course. It is, it is always a good time to, to fo- follow the tournament. And um, 
hero here of course is the thing I've, I've been hinting at uh is that we see of course when they have the opening rounds and the finals they they are full shows on the dragon gate network and most of the show most of the uh rounds will be that there but some they just don't have time to do it uh at all of those network shows because they only have like five to six network shows each month so then they will have the YouTube Digest on these like smaller house shows. They will upload the tournament matches that are held in on those house shows, and that that is the only, that is a way to watch them. And it's always only two from that from that show, and that's uh, they save kind of the smaller matches of a tournament. Like they did this with uh, mostly they do they this was a big deal because of. The Reyes de Perreas, which I will talk about soon, being round robin. But they also do, did this with King of Gate last year. It, so you just have to be uh, be aware of... Not, you're not going to be able to see every match of the King of Gate on, Dragon Gate, on the Dragon Gate network. You will see most of them, but you won't see uh, all of them. Because you have to watch some of them on the Dragon Gate uh, Jap- Japanese YouTube channel. Then there is the Reyes de Boreas, a tournament that got brought back this year and used to be held in Torimon, Japan back in the day. The last one was in 20, uh, it was in 2003. So this was the 20 years since that 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 tournament. And it uh, it was fought under round robin rules, as I said, and it went on from February to early March this year. And uh, this year's winners was the minute the the Kobe World Dreamgate Dreamgate uh, match, Yuki Yoshioka and Madoka Kikura. As I said, these two are the leaders of the company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the tag league. It has even like no prestige to it, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, they, just, they brought it back now. <laughs> yeah. But even before that, it's not like they never had... They they used to have this thing called the Summer Adventure Tag League, which was basically yeah. this. It went away because of the pandemic, and then they called this Ray de Perez. Like, they brought it back to do the 20-year anniversary. But even then, the Summer Adventure Tag League had so many changes. Like, another stop-and-start type of deal. Yeah. You know, it would be round-robin. It would the, be a, The problem with that was that it was always, like... It was always, almost, bef- almost going along with the King of Gate. It was always in the summer, and either after or or before it Kobe would, World. Yeah, it would usually be after Kobe World. Yeah. Like they do King of Gate, then Kobe World, then this. Um, but the format changed so much that it yeah. never really took off. Uh, and the Rey de Perez, it was okay. It wasn't a really super successful tournament either. Uh, although I, they... I thought it was a very engaging for two very low months of uh dragon gates year this was very engaging to have like because they weren't doing much in february to march and this made it worth having a dragon gate network subscription at that time yeah but it wasn't like anything that you know it wasn't a legendary tournament the final really showed out and did a a great (laughs) job but i would say the tournament overall a lot of people were kind of negative on it and uh, it wasn't. Yeah, like I mean, drew, go go drew. go back in go back in the archives of this show, and you will listen to me and Dylan talk about this tournament <laughs> where we and I wasn't as, match. Yeah, and I wasn't as negative on it as some people because I liked. Here's my thought, and you know, Startup did something very similar this year too with the Triangle Derby. 
it's like, okay, it's either this or we just have matches with no stakes at all to them. You know, and this at least had gave us stakes. So I actually wasn't as negative on it, but I'm saying for the company, draw-wise, the Japanese fans, it wasn't that successful, ultimately. Uh, and I think that they did a great job of the, the Twin Gate titles themselves meaning something, but the tournament has never really been able to capture anyone's imagination, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because the old summer tag leagues were like really good, actually, if they... Like if they put more prestige on it, but you know we'll see what happens in the future. Maybe they'll go back to that we'll, next year. We'll, I hope they bring back the rails to prevails next year. Uh, if, I hope they they, as you said, I I hope they have learned they learn something from this year and they'll improve on that. And I think with them making the big show in January, I I think there's really not a reason for that at this point. But you know who knows sure. what's gonna happen with King of Game? Like their tournaments move around. That's the that's the moral of the story of all of this. Whatever tournament we're talking about, Dragon Gate. It probably isn't that prestigious because they move it around and do stupid stuff with it, uh, like uh, intermittent times. Yeah, and I, I mean, we'll talk about it. And I, there are always matches that are at least worth watching from those. Uh, well, the, the roster is so talented. Like we kind of yeah. brushed over the roster with the units, but like the ro the roster itself is so amazing. Like any time you get them in big matches, you're gonna get something great, pretty much. Yeah. If you if you're a for fan sure. of lucha lucha libre style wrestling, pretty much. For for sure. But yeah, that has been this show. Um, any last things you want to say about Dragon Gate? Yeah, we really scratched the surface uh, on, on a lot of the history, but if you're a new fan, I think that really covers a, like a great amount of stuff that you can look forward to. Just to talk about the wrestling style, because again, I've kind of teased this earlier in the show, but I do want to mention it. Uh, the roster now is a lot different than it would have been in the past in that in the past, it was all small guys, like what I said before. Now there's a much better mix of different styles. It's not all high-flying, like, luchador type of people uh, or, like, high-speed wrestlers. Now you have somebody like Akai who wouldn't have fit in in DG years ago. You have wild characters, which is a big part of their storyline. They tell a lot of stories. Somebody like Ashun Skywalker... You know, his title reign this year wasn't filled with e epic matches, but they told a great story at the end, and, you know, it led to an amazing win for Kakuda. Uh, through, uh, in my opinion, right? you know, Jay has has gone on record in some of his interviews. He wasn't as uh, hot on it as maybe I was, but I liked it a lot, and I thought they did a great job. I think that the roster up and down is among the strongest it's been in terms of in-ring wrestling, because you have so many great types of wrestlers. Yoshioka is not your traditional high-speed Dragon Gate wrestler. He is a guy that wrestles a main event style like you would and, see. And he wrestles a lot like his idol, Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 using the finisher. But, Kikuda, not a traditional yeah. Dragon Gate high-speed guy. You, you know, you see guys come in and do different things up and down the card, and I think that's what makes the the company itself so great is that there's a lot of heart in this promotion. What I said at the start of it being kind of a mom and pop operation where you have all the guys doing different things and pitching in in different ways. Like, like we said, touring all over the country, not just being in the Tokyo area. It's a really tight knit group and it comes through on the shows with a lot of the stuff they do yeah. there. There is a lot of, there's still a lot of that high speed action. Don't get me wrong. If you look at the roster, there's a lot of guys, but even guys that do different things. Somebody like Jason Lee, he's a high speed guy, but he's not your 
traditional Dragon Gate style of wrestler by any means. He yeah. does. He has a very unique style to him. Does a lot of great things. A lot of guys are like that. The company has a lot of comedic aspects as well to it. Things that'll make you laugh. For a long time, they did a lot more of. They were also inspired by the Western world. You know, and obviously Ultimo probably would have been a, a person to bring that in. But they would. It used to be nobody would ever cut promos in the ring in Japanese wrestling shows. But DG would have promo battles and stuff. That like they were the only company that was doing that for a yeah. long time. Now a lot of companies do that more, but they're still among the the kings of the talk. <laughs> like in, in Japanese wrestling, Dragon Gate does that a lot. So you look at them as they're a very a very unique company. You can't get them quite anywhere else. They meld so many different things together, but in a good way that makes it very distinctly DG. Yeah, for for sure. The, and that is why. I... I really love the company. It's so, like, you can't find what they are doing anywhere else. It, it is so so unique to De- to Dragon Gate, and all, it, very few do it like them. Uh, of course, some things aren't, uh, won't work as well, but most of the time it, it will work, and it will be very entertaining. Um, and it depends on what kind of fan you are. If you're like... Yeah. If you want to see super technical wrestling, that that's probably not going to be your jam. Like the, this is not going to be there for you. But I do think that they've gotten better stylistically, where it's, you do have. Yeah, it's also a company that kind of like you won't be as. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is kind of a weird uh, t- tangent to make, but it Talk for their us, Andre. for for the big matches. They they for the big matches. This is very important to say. This is for the big matches. A lot of the stuff won't hit you as hard if you don't know that much about the company. If you come in just expecting to watch a great match, you won't like exactly feel the same way as the as the people that follow this company do. This. They bring back so much backstory to almost every match. Like Shun Skywalker and uh, and Madoka Kikura earlier this year, the current Dragon Gate match of the year, was so was so many callbacks to their four four minute match uh, two years prior when Kikura got injured. That if you had not seen that match, you would not get the references that they were making during that. You would not get why. Shun Skywalker targeted the shoulder as much as he did, and how, why he made fun of uh, Kikura's shoulder a lot, and why he acted very like you won't understand it. Is what I'm saying. You, it's kind of a promotion that you kind of have to in- get yourself invested into to truly enjoy it. It's not a friendly promotion to people parachuting in. Th- that is not a knock on people that. Th- come into a, a promotion just to watch some great matches. I, I understand that. I do that for I, I do that for a lot of companies, but Dragon Gate is a promotion that I that I understand why you wouldn't quite understand why people while why the Dragon Gate fans are hyping up a match if you have are just seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. Uh, the one you mentioned with Kakuda and Shun is probably like, you know, among the best examples of that. Yeah, I remember again on my other show, I talked to Striga about it. He was like, "Yeah, it was good and all, but it wasn't as good as you know, like you, you, you know, you, maybe you, other people thought it was." 
if you're really into the story, you know, that's a big part of it. Even in Yoshioka's title reign, again, I think a lot of people uh, maybe were adding things to it, like the Yamato match, uh, you know, that had a lot of implications that you could add on to it if you're emotionally invested, like, you know, a passing of the torch type of deal. Yeah, which why, why it's one of my favorite matches of last year, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it didn't really play out that way. You know, like, they switched to Kakuna pretty fast, but, you know, ah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, it's okay. It's still a good match uh, as it is. Uh, Eight has another one. It's like, that really was his last hurrah. Like, yeah. the company, like, as a main event talent, like Ada versus Yoshioka uh, overall. You know, but there's still some great matches. Though. Like, I think Yoshioka versus Mochizuki, anybody could enjoy. Like, yeah. that, that, that type of match. For sure. I think a lot of the Twin Gate matches, like, anybody can enjoy like, those yeah. type of matches. Um. It really just depends on who the champion is, because like, if it's also, a heel champion, yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to change things. I would say. Yeah, Sh- Shun Skywalker. <laughs> see, Shun Skywalker's heel character gets a lot of like flack because of that very much thing that he he calls back a lot to it before he was a heel. He calls back a lot to uh, the masquerade matches he used to have, and right. and if you didn't like, if you have no idea what masquerade is, and you just see Shun Skywalker and, oh, this is the heel, you will not quite get those references. Like, <laughs> it, it, it it may not seem like a big deal, but Shun Skywalker uh, going to the top rope and doing a moonsault is a big deal. <laughs> that is a big, big deal, because it's rarely, he rarely, rarely does it ever since he has turned heel. So when he does it, and it will really pop the people that have seen most of his matches since he turned heel because he hasn't done it at all. And that's the thing, is that a lot of these people you have to kind of invest into. And you kind of have to invest time into learning their backstory. And that is a thing I really like about Dragon Gate because it rewards me as a viewer, but I understand... There's a lot of lore to go to go through when you look at the company. Like, a lot of these guys... That, a lot of these guys have been in here for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, like, half of these guys we mentioned were guys who were around 15 years ago and, and things like that, doing big things. Then there's a newer generation, obviously, like, they're building things around with this big six and everything. Uh, and they all have their own lore, so to speak, and, yeah. and trials and tribulations, you know. Shun was a champion of Masquerade. There was multiple injuries that happened in his matches. Uh, you know, like, Masquerade didn't really work, so they turned him heel, like, after a year. They broke up the group. Ben K, like, was a... They built him up for years to be the champion, uh, and he finally won the title. And then they took it away at the end of the year, like, you know, shockingly, to set up another story. So, like, there's trials and tribulations with a lot of these guys, too. That's a part of their journey yeah. uh, that you... you Helps explain a lot of the current characters' motivations if you look at their backstories, so to speak. Yeah, and that is... My point in all this is that is what I really love about Dragon Gate. It rewards me yeah. as a long-time viewer of the company, like, most of the time. Most of the time, I get so rewarded for investing all my time into this company. And it, it's... No greater feeling that what when when Kikura won the title earlier this year, it the two years of build up that it ha- had had felt so rewarding, and 
yeah, that one was probably one of the easier ones to get. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, hey, he was injured. Now he's back. Like, you know, same same date of his injury, same event as his injury, same guy who he was injured against for the same, same title. Venue, yeah. For the same title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was very easy to understand. Like, that one was. But there is other stuff that, uh, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of it is emotional investment as well. If like, you can, yeah. And also, uh, like Jason, uh, Jason Lee, the whole who gets to control, who gets rights to Jason Lee storyline they did last year. Yeah. All of that. It, it is a, a, a very story based pro- promotion, a very storyline like driven promotion, and it rewards you. If you really, if you invest into it, it really, really rewards you for it. And I like that because, like I said, a lot of companies, it's just, I don't want to say they ignore their history, but it's not as prominent as it is in D. I, I would say of all the companies, their history is by far the most important to Dragon Gate of, yeah. of, any, of any mainstream promotion for sure. And it's not like you can't have callbacks and stuff uh, to things. Yeah. And obviously, maybe if it's a major, major deal like Okada and Tanahashi, like they they always kind of go to that. Um, but in terms of stuff up and down the card and the company as a whole, no other company has the same level of calling back to their history that Dragon Gate does. If you can bring up the stuff that I'm bringing up from 15 years ago, is still like it's still relevant even today. Uh, you know, get a lot of ways, or it can be if they want to make it that way. Obviously, some stuff you know people have left or retired or things like that. You know, I remember even the anniversary of Kobe World. Uh, where they had the one and only Bravegate versus Dreamgate title match, where Doi beat Shima. Uh, that was 2009, uh, yeah. like Kobe World. Uh, that was like a spectacular moment. Like it, it jump-started a whole ace run for Doi. Uh, you know, you see stuff like the Ultima Dragon return, uh, like Big Show, like Ben K finally dethroned Pack, who was like the champion there, and and had a great run, a great heel run in Red. Uh, Shingo's title reign to me. Again, he's left now, but that reign was so satisfying to watch and go through. Uh, Yoshioka's title reign last year, I I still say is very satisfying yeah. when you look up and down his title reign. Uh, the, and we'll see what happens. And forward. there's even smaller things in that where the current Bravegate champion Jason Lee uses a uses a move that he calls the Maximum Driver, which is which is a shout out to the unit he first joined when he came into Dragon Gate. A unit that ha- has been dead for five years now. <laughs> yeah, it was like a totally minor unit in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Like but, it was not a main event group, but he still uses it. Yeah, that's another great point, and that's another thing they do too, where you'll see Yoshino retiring, passing his moves down. Like yeah. he'll pick a move for somebody to use, and he'll point to him, and then there'll be another guy. He gives another move. Uh, you know, we've seen that multiple times in DG as well. So that's a, that's another really thing. good point. Yeah. It's yeah, such a yeah, Kness as well. Yeah, completely. Again, calling back to your history, it, it's so rewarding for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, finally, what is a match that you recommend for new viewers of Dragon Gate to watch? If they've never seen Dragon Gate, what is the, the one match you want to watch, uh, want to recommend them? Hmm, one singular match. That's really tough because there's a lot of great options, you know? <laughs> and like I said, a lot of these guys have been around for years, but... I'll keep one pretty recent. 
and I'll keep one that is with my guy. My favorite wrestler in Dragon Gate is Jason Lee. So I yeah. will pick one of his matches to go with. And if you watched it, you know what I'm talking about for sure. Because it was on last year's Kobe World. And it was his Kung Fu Masters teammate, Jason Lee and Jackie Funky Kame versus Diamante and Shu Skywalker for the Open the Twin Gate titles. Uh, which to me was like... And the thing is, that's another one where... I don't know if it'll hit the same if you just watch it in a vacuum, because at the time it was like, this show was a huge disappointment for reasons <laughs> we, we mentioned. The crowd was dead for most of it. The matches weren't hitting. And the, Dragon Gate had, done a, had a great year, but they did this menorah stuff and it tanked the show, pretty much. And it, this was also after a very sad heal the, the Santo and Ultimate Dragon stuff. Yeah. It was very dumb. But yeah, 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 very bad show. And then the, but they they saved it the best they could. These these two these two teams came out there and had the best tag team match of all of 2022. One of probably the best open the Twin Gate title match in years. It ended up being one of my favorite matches of the year, and I can actually attest that this this match is very friendly for new viewers because my, I was watching it with my cousin who's like. 10 and he had he had no idea what <laughs> dragon gate was he was just sitting there watching the show with me and he when he saw this match he was just amazed so truly one of the best babyface performances ever by jackie funky Kame and jason lee and it truly a must watch match i will also recommend a recent one i like recommending recent wrestling because then you will know the people currently wrestling and stuff like that yeah. And I will recommend a match that you mentioned earlier. But it was last year the most accessible um, title match of Yuki Uchiwaka's title reign versus his trainer Masaki Mochizuki in Cork and Hall. Probably the hottest Cork uh, and Hall crowd for Dragon Gate last year. A match that just featured so many great spots and was prob probably the best, uh, like, in ring worked a, y a Yuki Oshoka match in yeah. that ring. I I prefer the Yamato match because I was very much into that match, but this match, this match as a just wrestling match is so spectacular. That you, it's a great recommend. The whole Yuki Oshoka reign is actually a great recommend. Like, but this, yeah, like exactly. if you watch all the matches, I think you gain something from them. But that that to me was the best one. The, the only thing, the only backstory you need to need about uh, need to know about this is Masaki Mochizuki was Yuki Yoshioka's trainer. This was him coming out and trying to put the young guy down. And yeah, that's that's the story. Go watch it. Twenty six minutes in Corken Hall. Really great match. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, watch all of those matches with Yoshioka's title reign. Uh, watch all the Twin Gate matches on Kobe Worlds, if you can find them, because there has been historically some great ones. Uh, yeah. I remember the Kai and Yamato versus Big R and Eita match from a few years oh, ago. Yeah. That was before the pandemic. That was a fantastic uh, match. Uh, Kai has been a part of some underrated tag teams in, in general um, in DG, but there um, was... Uh, Kusawa and Takagi versus Eita and Tiok match from 2014. That was a fantastic, great match. Fantastic Twin Gates. Kobe World match. Um, yeah, Big R and, and Yamato and BB Hulk and, and Ben K. Uh, that was another great, 
Kobe World Tag Title Match or Twin Gate Title Match. Man, I'm telling you, all the yeah. Twin Gates at Kobe World is where you got to go. If you want great tag team wrestling, that's where you look right right away. Um, another really great uh, open the, the Dreamgate title defense was Park defend AEW's Park defending defending it against Park uh, against Casey in uh, in 2019. That is a a match that is synonymous with my fandom for Casey. You see, you see one of the best babyface performances from Casey in defeat, and Park just being the most dominant heel foreign champ. And great, great match from 2019 that it gets very under, underrated by people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Pack was a great champion. The Dragon Gate has a whole library of matches to watch, and yeah, absolutely. Mo- most of them are on Dragon Gate Network, so it's definitely worth it to just sit down and look through it and find what you want and look look up some legendary matches. But yeah, that that has been this guide. I hope you really like feel informed about Dragon Gate after listening to this. Of course, if you if you know about Dragon Gate and listen to this, you will probably have corrected us multiple times and been really mad at us and been screaming at us or <laughs> not me, maybe you, but but not me. <laughs> But I hope I hope even uh, veteran Dragon Gate fans find this entertaining, and I hope new view- new viewers listen to this and ho- get back to us if they have any questions and if they want us to expand on something, just just DM me on Twitter at Sonderbjorn. I I will answer at Sonderbjorn. <laughs> I will answer that. And yeah, any any final things you want to say? Is that what the cross through the O means? You got to say like Bjorn. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, sorry, I didn't mean to mispronounce your your name before. Uh, you know, I, I gotta respect the cross, the, the O through mm-hmm. the O. Um, yeah, I mean that to me is one of the most fun parts. I would highly recommend anybody can message me too at Viva underscore zero. Uh, if you want me, got anything to say to me or expand, want me to expand upon anything, want to get some recommendations for a Dragon Gate in any kind of wrestling, really. But, uh, you know, I will talk to you about it. I've been watching it for so many years. Um, any kind of historical context or things like that. Because uh, I, I, I feel like we, we really scratched the surface on the history. We, There's a yeah. lot. Uh, like, in the, in the historical context. If but... we were going to talk about the full history, it would take a long time. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's actually a lot that happened in between. But we, we did our best here today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and like, like he said, message us. Let us know what you think. Be be nice. Hopefully, uh, you know I want to be nice to everybody. So let's everybody be nice to everybody else as well. But most importantly, check it out. Check out DG. Have some fun. I think there's a lot to get into and a lot of good reasons to be a DG fan at this point in time. Especially, I mean, there's no better time really in any company than to watch it right before the biggest show of the year, which we just so happen to be coming up on as yep. we go on there. So it's a great time. And thank you guys very much for listening. Veteran fan, new fan somebody who doesn't even know what wrestling is if you you're like hey what's this wrestling thing that these guys are talking about uh no matter what person you are i really appreciate you taking the time to listen yeah but yeah i of course come back to this show if you if this was your first time listening to the dramatic dream dragons we cover ddt and dragon gate every week we will bring you the news about the comp each company and we will give our reviews and previews about 
both companies. And yeah, until next time, as always, be ready, wake up, and go.